fucking bullshit. Fuck the tomorrow. It's going off with Muse. No RC. Nowhere to be found. Oh, gosh. Oh, how embarrassing. I can't possibly carry this by myself. How can we possibly fill the boots of RC, but not one, but two? Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. Hey, yo, what up? Going soft? No. No? It's going off, and we do suck. It's Kill Bill and Rev again Hi. so soon. Hey, what up? What up? Y'all from here? Thank you for having me. Who are you us. voting for? Let's talk Y'all about it. Y'all don't even go here. <laughs> How are you? Just, we haven't just had a conversation. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I had to start out with a shout out to the late great Iron Sheik who passed away today. Sheiky baby, R.I.P. I was hoping his last words were fuck Hogan, but I honestly don't even know that he, he was even in control of his own Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was, like, a social media manager, because it was, like, fuck the true love with some other tweet, and it's like, I don't think. I saw, like, <laughs> fuck the wildfires was yeah, up there. Yeah, that was the last yeah, tweet. The I love it. Was, his, was the last tweet. And the one before that, I wish the one before that was his last one, because it was, whoever led the dogs out could go fuck yourself. <laughs> 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 I like to think that the only person who gives a shit about the Baja men in 2023 was the Iron Sheik, and now yeah. There's no one left. I don't think I've ever gotten a chance to talk about this, but I learned like a year ago that the Baja Men, uh, what is it, Who Let the Dogs Out? Did you know that is a cover song? Oh my God, no, I didn't. Yeah, that's yeah right. uh, I can't remember who it's by, but the original's kind of a banger, but I feel like compelled anytime they're brought up to say that was a cover song because that completely changed my opinion of the song in a way. I remember that there were a couple different theories as to what the song meant too like i remember one was like oh they're talking about like ugly women at a party and then the other one was like i don't even i don't remember i know there was a second theory i heard about that wasn't that that kind of made a little more sense the the i looked it up and apparently like it even says on the wiki for the song because the song was covered by like Wait, a bunch before of you people. say what it is can i try to guess what it is well i actually oh. don't really know what it is but i know that it wasn't the ugly person okay because yeah because i'll tell you my, my feeling of what it is came from when i was a kid and i first heard it i don't remember if i heard it on mtv or in that rugrats movie first but I heard on on Nickelodeon for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I remember when I heard it, I just thought like, you know, who led the boys in? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like to the party, like, yeah, who led the dogs out? Who led like all the wild people out? Because if that's the energy and vibe I got out yeah, of it, you know, that's sure. spirit. It's weird because like I like low key kind of like that song now, and like I feel like it's like one of the most like universally hated things for whatever reason, and I don't see what's so annoying about it other than like it's repetitive. The Baja Men dipped so quickly after that. Like, I know for whatever reason, like, they had a couple would-be smashes on Nickelodeon. They were, like, the life support because they were in the the uh, Rugrats movie that when we went back and we tried to watch one of the old uh, Kids' Choice Awards for the YouTube channel, they won, like, best song or whatever, and it wasn't Who Let the Dogs It was another song. Oh, shit. That wow. I had never heard of, but the kids obviously loved enough to vote for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. But but looking it up on the Wikipedia, uh, Rev is closer here. 
Um, Douglas claimed that the song has nothing to do with dogs and actually is a fem has a feminist theme. Uh, it's a man bashing song. The lyrics of the song are the party was nice. The party was pumping. When I said the word party, I was being metaphorical. It really meant things were going great. Oh, okay. The yippee I yo, that's everyone happy, right? And everyone having a ball. Yeah. The, life was going great until the men start the name calling and the girls respond to them. So the men started calling them skank and skettle, every dirty word you can think of. The men started the name calling and then the girls respond to the call. Uh, oh. The women shout back who let the dogs oh, out. Oh, like, makes sense. When, the, when, the, when I heard it originally, I heard it was like, the woman shout out like there's like a woman and she's just like th I thought that it was like people were like partying too hard or something but this kind of makes more sense yeah you know so yeah of course yeah why would the woman shout out who let the dogs out at other women is she just bashing other women yeah it's uh, obviously it's the men yeah, that makes no sense yeah so it's definitely the men mystery yeah. solved y'all oh, we love a feminist banger in Good this job. household let's go they had that one sad ass song from that uh, Rugrats movie when like everyone's dancing with their moms and Chucky oh, the kid yeah. doesn't have one to dance oh, with. Oh no! Uh, when you're loved, you're not alone. The Banger. one you love is there beside you. God, that I gotta one, watch that. Never movie again. lost, never lost, never lost, or on your own. That one. What yeah. about um, babies are a gift? A gift from. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> one to recall first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember um, that one. Uh, Angelica and um, Susie sing it. I don't know which movie that is. It might be. I don't know which one that was. It, it might have been Gone Wild for all I remember. It should be some sort of like psychological standardized test. Like whatever song you recall as the first song from Rugrats should say something about you. You know? I, I, I know this is, you know... This is just us hanging out and no one's listening in, so we can be super, you know. Politically real. incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we we talked say. about it. I don't think we're we're ready for that. I'm sorry. No, no, it's like, no. what are you about to say about Susie Carmichael that we can't broadcast? Oh no. No, what I was gonna say was, um, I have to make a horrifying admission to y'all. I never watched any of the Rugrats movies. Oh, oh my god. It's fine. You know what? <laughs> it's fine. It's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> the first two were definitely bangers. I don't remember Gone Wild that much. Uh, was, was that the, the one with Firebridge? Yeah, that was the It was one. okay from what I recall. It was definitely the weakest out of the first three movies. For sure. But it was cool that they had the little crossover, their Marvel movie yeah, moment. Yeah, little crossover moment. Yeah. Name a more epic crossover than the Rugrats and the Wild Thornburgs. I can't. I certainly can't. Also, can. like, it, the Rugrats movies are good, but they, they're still not as good as season one Rugrats. Season one and two oh. are, like, real slappers. Yeah, they're also very weird. They're definitely the, strange, the fucking, but I love them. The fucking art is so strange. I'm it, Oh, my God. That shit's a fever dream. It's, I know it's a fever dream, like, in the show, but, like, that shit is, like... Uh, it terrified me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That had to traumatize some kids, right? For sure. But, I mean, what is a show that doesn't traumatize a little bit? You know? I feel like that's oh, what yeah. we need. More traumatization. In I, I, I'd argue media. there's not enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not enough trauma. I don't know if I was ever traumatized by a Rugrats episode. I was traumatized by a Gumby short, but that's the closest I can get. Mm. Mm. Well, Let's talk that, about it. What, what happened? Yeah. Let's unpack Break that. it down. So, I was in the living room, and I was walking back to the room where the TV was. 
and Gumby was on, so I didn't normally really watch it, so I wasn't paying attention, but when I walked into the room, all I saw was Gumby and Pokey, his little pony friend, arrived on this planet. They were astronauts. They got out of the space capsule, and there's a little boy playing the piano, and he's not paying any attention to him. He's just, you know, he's just vibing. Chilling. And, yeah, he's minding his own business. So Gumby and Pokey walk up, and they're just watching him for a second, and then Pokey sneezes, and the little boy stops playing the piano and just starts grabbing his head and moaning like, oh, oh, <laughs> and he's so mad that, that they fucked up his piano playing that he turns into a weird vampire monster, grows fangs, and his like head gets all pointy. Bro, it's that's, scary. Bro, he just like Rav for real. <laughs> <laughs> How is your relationship with your parents? <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like uh, something that would be traumatizing if there was like a real fear of repercussions <laughs> within your actual Look, life. You know, you know, it's really funny. I, I um, would it also surprise you? I know you're being maybe joking, but I also didn't like it when when children whatever got yelled at. In, in TV or movies, I didn't like that either. It scared me. There you oh, go. Yeah, no. So, yeah. I, I, I was I was being for real. I mean, like, I'm a little chaotic and forward <laughs> with how I convey communication. But no, I was for real. Yeah, I, I'm not to pry too much. But yeah, I just kind of I see that my, my, myself. I saw like when you said that, I kind of saw myself a little bit in that. So. We, you know, I honestly, I never really made that that specific connection to to the to the fucking Gumby thing. I just thought, oh, you know, the fucking kid is scary. Yeah. Um, which I mean, y'all look it up on YouTube. Oh, we oh, will. We will. Off goers at home. The kid was scary. There's no doubt about that. But besides that, yeah, I've um, I've actually had discussions with my mom pretty recently about like, um just kind of addressing those like childhood fears and stuff like that and just kind of like moving on from that. So yeah, that uh good call on that one. Yeah, sorry for the armchair uh, psychology. It's no, just what I do. I, no, I, I, that was oddly uh yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I have no problem with that shit. Yeah. I had one um sorry to hear that. Uh the the Courage the Cowardly Dog, which I loved oh, yeah. as a that show. That comes up so often. I never watched Ca uh, Courage either. Oh, well, it was really good. I mean, like, it, it was kind of its own thing. Like, I don't really know any shows that are like that, yeah. especially kid shows. But um, yeah. one of the episodes that always got me was there's an episode with a barber named Fred. Oh, and um, Yeah, and he would do this thing. He was, like, their cousin or something, like Mariel's cousin. I don't know. Or, like, or not cousin, like, maybe his nephew or something you some know? sort of relation yeah. something you know and basically he would come in and he had this like compulsion to cut hair like no matter who's like against their consent like he would just like cut hair all the time and he wanted to shave courage right the whole time oh. but in the he had a very like if you look him up it's i think his name is fred he has a very like creepy look about him but the thing that I've got seen me oh, he looks like, i think he's based off of that one actor uh Fuck, unhinged old actor who was like blonde. 
Uh, oh, uh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is wow. kind of. I never put two and two together on that, but he does kind of look he does like Gary look Busey. Like him, yeah. Yeah, but um, the thing that got me was because he would have these little poems, and they would always end it with he was just like, "But I was very naughty, right?" But yeah. that oh. wasn't what scared me. What scared me was the music. There was this like music that would go like la 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 when he's doing stuff. And when I was a kid, that shit freaked me the fuck out. Like there wasn't like a lot of things that scared me in media like that like I mean like horror movies and stuff scared me but like that was like rough yeah and uh, I remember enough to where I was like turn it off you oh, know I was damn. like I can't my, my, the two moments for me in Cars the Cowardly Dog was like return the slab I, see, I thought that shit was funny I thought it was scary because of the dissonance of like the three model versus like 2D background yeah I remember just looking like weird and I'm like oh my god what's happening and the other one that I remember it wasn't scary but something that stuck with me is Cats Whenever he would appear on screen and his He's music my would play, yeah, I was yeah, just his like, music Damn. was awesome. I remixed that. Uh, I never put it out, but I, I did a, a sampled it once. But like um, uh, another thing that got me, and this is like, a, a, I think this is something that, I, that still weirds me out to an extent. So like when I was a kid, I saw the Nightmare Before Christmas when I was very young, and I loved it. Yeah, right? it's awesome. Mm. Then I like forgot about it. Right. And then I had a VHS tape of uh, Aladdin, the return of Jafar or whatever. Oh, and I, shit. I went to go put it on. And then I saw <laughs> like as an older, I say like I was like nine, you know, okay. and uh, I just put it on to like I would go to sleep watching VHS tapes all the time. And uh, for whatever reason, like the stop motion in um, well, like I guess any of those movies, but like. Nightmare Before Christmas like weirded me out and still to this day I like most things that actually freak me out like or give me an unsettling feeling is like things that involve like that form of stop motion something about the uncanny valley I guess I don't know but it freaked me out when I was a kid I'm gonna give a hot take though uh, just real quick Uh, I want to say I think Corpse Bride is like way better interesting pretty early on in the movie like when uh, you notice everyone who's alive it's like drab and gray and then when like when they're dead and they go into like the underworld or whatever it's like super happy and lively and uh it's, it's an interesting take on it i guess you reminded me of something very specific that always used to get me and it's kind of a soft spot is waking up to something and not knowing what it is like for example and this wasn't mine, but I think this is the more shared experience, that Adult Swim would have really fucked up bumpers that would just air during the night. And, like, like specific people have, like, horror stories about, like, oh, yeah, I woke up and there was just this thing on the TV and I didn't know what the fuck it was. And it was an Adult Swim thing. And it was just, like, super creepy. There's, like, a fucking list on YouTube of, like, scariest Adult Swim bumpers. And to even have a list of that is such a specific thing that you wouldn't really think of offhand, but, like, that... The idea of that creeps me out and makes me never have to, like... I'm glad I never watched that shit in the middle of the night, because, yeah, I would have hated... That would have scarred me for life. I mean, I feel like uh, most of the... There were some that were, like, creepy, but there was a few that were, like, the really trippy ones that had... I can't remember the name of it. There was a fucking... Shit. What was the... It was, like, surrealist shorts that they would have on, and it wasn't, uh like a bumper it was an actual 15 minute show they had the infomercials too yeah they did but there was one oh, i can't remember the name of it now but there was one that was specifically made for high people and they would play it at 4 20 a.m and oh okay and it was like 
uh, you can watch them all on YouTube now. It's the the one where doesn't it start with a deer in the field? One of them does, yes. Yeah, and then it runs, and then it gets all acid tripping. Yeah, yeah, they do, like, data moshing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sick. I love that. Yeah, no, a lot of those are really cool, but a lot of them are, like, horror, too. Yeah. Like, there's, like, seven of them, seven episodes, and it wasn't made from one person. It was, like, submitted. It's, it's like, like a, a collage. The dude who did Salad Fingers had something on there, too. David, yeah, David Firth. Firth yeah, yeah, David Firth had a thing Did you know that him. David Firth oh, is signed shit. to... Uh, Fuck, what was uh, that label The Flying Lotus used to be on? Oh, um, it's, I think he's still on it. Brain uh, Feeder? Brain Feeder, yeah. yeah Brain Feeder, yeah. yeah David Firth. Yeah, yeah I actually did know that because he's worked with Fly Low. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's wild, right? Yeah. That Newgrounds connection. Yeah, it is wild. It's crazy. Salad Fingers was my shit in yeah. high school. I loved Salad Fingers. Same here. Salad Fingers, fucking... It inspired me to make am- ambient music at the time. I remember in high school, we would quote a lot of um, Weeble stuff. Did you ever watch any of those? Uh, Vaguely remember yes. that. I just yeah, vaguely they, remember, um, but I used to. Uh, badger, 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 mushroom, oh, mushroom, yeah. that shit. Yeah, I, I yeah, for I whatever annoying. reason, <laughs> I remember like liking that stuff at the time, and now I look back on that whole era of like the repetitive animation thing and like i don't like it anymore like uh like violently like i don't know why <laughs> violently he could have yeah. said aggressively but he said violently yeah. so be careful what you say muse it's like the fucking uh uh this is my horse my horse is amazing i used to think that was like the funniest oh. thing ever and now i'm like oh i don't like this at all yeah i never thought it was good personally but i don't want to yeah. sound like a hater how did y'all feel about you're the man now dog Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what that is? I remember it. Yeah, that was like its own website, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was its own separate thing. But that was like the whole. I remember. Okay, I never was on uh, YTMND or whatever it was. Like, uh, but I would see stuff like. I remember like on Albino Black Sheep, they had stuff that was mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Like they had the. Um, um, mix them, mash them, put them in a stew. Potatoes, potatoes. Oh, that one yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Like that was one of the things I saw, and I remember liking it. As a, but it's weird. It feels like I was like fourteen, and it was just like anything on the internet would make me laugh. And that was oh, kind yeah. of like, like that was the whole basis of "You're the Man Now, Dog," right? Which is like random phrases, just kind of repetitive. Yeah, because it wasn't even the most you would get is a GIF. Because cause you would just upload either a GIF or a JPEG, and it would just have text over it, and there would just be a sound accompanying it, and it would just loop infinitely. Yeah. I think the first time I was exposed to it was Meat Spin. Ah. Oh! <laughs> now you're yeah. a man! I don't know. I, I think the reason why it was the way that it was is like a natural progression of the internet and how we consume it. I think with the internet, it was like one of our first time, the first times where we were like... Oh fuck! We could keep coming back for the the fucking that serotonin and the dopamine. Like I could keep like pressing the button and funny thing happen, right? Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, like instant gratification. Yeah, and it's like basically like TikTok is where what's come now, where it's like obviously a lot better. <laughs> you know, like you it's can a lot more you, creative. Yeah, like sure. you can you can look back on those days through roast into chase, but that content was god awful. Whereas today you have no shortage of like content at all. And so because of that, uh, you know, like uh, there's like various lanes. Whereas before, I don't think there was a really th- a thing in terms of lanes. It was just like, okay, just make something that's like kind of funny, maybe. 
good enough make another one and yeah. make another one. and like everyone the more we make the more stuff there is out there i remember when there was like not many videos on youtube you know yeah like yeah. i remember like running out of stuff to watch on youtube because it's like there's just not much stuff for certain terms you that you would look up i remember when for hip-hop there was nothing but music videos and like a handful of interviews yeah that was wow. kind of it. it was a different it was a different thing because like, it was like i don't know like we would go to youtube for like in high school, I remember we had like a media cart in like the, our computer science class or whatever, and they would wheel it in. And then like at the end of the thing for the like 20 minutes, we could just watch videos. And we just like watch the like Harry Potter, the, the ticking sound or ticking noise video a lot. And like, I don't remember that one. You don't remember the ticking, the mysterious ticking noise? I don't think I saw that. What, it, was, was that the these, puppet? Yeah, Harry that was Potter? one with the puppets. Yeah, it wasn't oh, that okay. funny. But like at the time, I didn't time, watch was... any of those because I I didn't watch Harry Potter growing up, so I, n I didn't get the references. Oh, I see. Uh, Y'all remember Google Video? Uh, I don't know. It's what I used to use before YouTube was a thing. So I don't think so. It was like they used to have like the video button the way that it is now, but kind of. Um, but that tab would bring you to like Google's own hub of videos. You just like you type in a search and the videos would pop up. And I remember when I the year San Andreas came out, us like every every kid my age in, uh, in the IT room would be looking up um, tricks and compilations of like tricks and things like that people yeah. were doing bikes in san andreas and we would just <laughs> watch those on google videos i was just like yo this is so crazy this the internet in my school was way better than at home I had oh dial -up. yeah same i had yeah. dial up for way too long yeah i had dial up uh, until i was like 15 or something like that same i think like, yeah and it was like always uh like I didn't want to be on too long because then people couldn't call. Yeah. But then I had a friend, <laughs> yeah. I remember I had a friend who had dial up, but they had two phone lines. Yeah. So like you could get on the one and just stay on the internet as long as yeah. you wanted. And then the other one, you could use the phone. And I remember being like, wait, you can use the internet for like longer than 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> I remember I would like go on new grounds. I would look up six animations. I would tab them separately or open separate browsers for them. I don't remember if I, that's what I had to do back then, I think. I don't think tabs existed yet. Yeah. Uh, I would do that and I would go just spend my day outside doing things because I know none of those videos would be ready until like evening time. Yeah. Oh and my then by God, evening yeah. time I would come around and I'd have like six animations I could watch over and over again. Bro, that reminds me of this time. Okay, uh, uh, so like, remember like LimeWire days? Mm -hmm. I used to use BearShare. Okay, BearShare was like... Oh, I forgot about BearShare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like my friend didn't have... Because like I had a friend who was like on like Kazaa. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah. like he was like, don't get Kazaa or LimeWire. They're viruses, which I think they were. At least LimeWire had some kind of spyware or something associated they, with it. Those were the two I used most, and yeah, they sucked. Yeah, um, but we had like... He was like, you got to get this. And it was like WinMX or some shit. Yeah. And I had oh. that, and I remember like um, being like, because he used to like download mu like music and then burn CDs for me because I was mm. like, yo, I don't want to break the law. Like I don't know, I was like, <laughs> I thought I was gonna get in trouble for it. And then like my, uh, I just we got uh, like better internet, like DSL or some shit. And I was just like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking download WinMX, and I did. And it took so long to download music. I remember I downloaded uh, the the remix of um, 
Fat Joe and Terror Squad, the uh, Lean Back, but it was like the Little John remix had Eminem on it and Mace. Oh yeah, yeah. Mace, Eminem, and Little John. What a weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a grab bag. Yeah, and then um, I downloaded it, and it took like two hours to download this one fucking thing because no one else was seeding it or whatever. And so I walked outside, went on a walk, and then I came back in, I downloaded it, and it was done downloading, and I was just like, damn, I'm a criminal. Like, I did it, I broke the law. <laughs> I was like, so such a like goody two-shoes, I was like, no, I'm not gonna, well, I mean, I don't know, I thought that, I, was, I think it's cute. I always thought that it was like some shit. <laughs> but it's shit. definitely square. But I always thought it was gonna be some shit where like, one of these days, cause I downloaded so much music after that, and I was like afraid one of these days a fucking cop was just gonna show up at the door and then be like, 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 hey, y'all have to pay like a five hundred dollar fine, or yeah. cause they used to say it was like up to fifty thousand dollars or something yeah. crazy, and and everybody I knew where I lived, there was like no way that was gonna happen. Well, I mean, I knew that too, <laughs> especially here. But like, like, uh, I remember everybody, like my friend Will, he was like, yeah, my sister got caught doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what happened? He was just like, I don't know. I think she went to jail or something. He just like made some shit up. I don't up. know. I don't know. Uh, well, she was, she was She like, might be home. I don't she, well, no, she was like, she was like not living with them at the time. But, oh, okay. Okay. But like, she was like an adult. But uh, all right, all right. yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that that was funny. And I always I, wanted to ask her too. Cause I remember she came by one time when I was hanging out at his house and I was going to be like, yo, what happened? You know? And, but I never did. We were doing reviews for going off. We did. This one, oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Um, he did that. Um, I don't fuck with you. Why am I blanking on his name? Big oh, Sean. Big Sean. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was the album with that song on it. And this was before I had um sub- uh, subscribed to Spotify. The only way I was listening to the albums to review on the show was to download them. So I downloaded the Big Sean song. And while I was at work, I got an email and it was like, it was a notification that was just like, we know you downloaded that Big Sean album. Oh, shit. And it was like a little notification from like the internet provider. And it was just like, it was like a small warning. It was just like, how the fuck? What? So like that fucking scared me enough of like, okay, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Yeah. Turn to YouTube. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny like now. It, it's funny now because of like Spotify and like YouTube and stuff like that. Like the the idea of like pirating an album is just like not really a thing. Yeah, it seems like more trouble than it's worth. Almost, you know. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's like you're saving. I'm sure a little bit of money, but it's like so much time. Yeah. And like, how do people even pirate? Do people still? I guess torrenting is like still a thing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and if there's something that's not available in streaming, then like I get it, right? Or, like, with movies sometimes, like, uh, if I have, like, Netflix, but I don't have Hulu, but I don't want nothing on Hulu, but a new movie comes out that I want on Hulu, I'll pirate that shit. I haven't done that in, like, years, but morally, like, fuck yeah, I'd do that. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, for sure. I don't think that's, I don't know. To me, I'm like, like, especially, too, because, like, there's certain movies that I want to watch that are just straight up not on any streaming right now. I've been hankering to watch uh, uh, Surf Ninjas. I don't know if you remember. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, it's got a very young Rob Schneider being shitty in it. And, <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, and I, I I loved that movie when I was a kid, and I was like, I really wanted to watch it. it also has uh, what's his name in it? 
Uh, was Dan- Seth Green in that one? No, no, this is like way before then. There was a, I think. I'm the- getting confused with a skateboarding movie. No, the, I know what you're talking about, but no. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, it has a rapper in it too. The dude who did. Tone uh, Loke. Yeah, Tone Loke. Tone Loke's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has a song in it too, which I think is funny. Of course he does. He yeah. has a song, I think, for everything that they actually cast him in. Yeah, because he was on Fern Gully, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because he played the lizard on Fern Gully, and then he. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had a song in that. Maybe I'm tripping. Didn't he have a song at the end of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective? I think so. Of That's course. on brand. Yeah, <laughs> that really is. I wonder what Tone Loke is up to right now. Uh, it was a prerequisite. So I was like, okay, Ace Ventura, we, we have a we have a whole ass transphobic gag in this movie. L- let's get Tone Loke, who has a whole ass transphobic song to be in it. Wait, does he? Am I tri- what what song was that? Funky Cold Medina, I think, it has a verse about um uh picking up a woman, but oh sh- uh she's got an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> Damn, not the Oscar Mayer. I, I get those two songs of his confused because they're very similar. Funky Cole Medina and um, Wild Thing. Wild Thing, I remember hearing because I had the like Monsters of Rap CD, you know, like. Oh, we, we talked about that shit on the podcast. I had that, too. I love the idea of that song where it's just like he keeps like he's he's trying to have sex with this girl. He's having sex with her. Then his then her mom busts in and he's like all like, <laughs> yo, like, like they're he's both like, oh, shit. Oh, no, no. You know, and then she's just like yeah i like to fuck too and that's the end of the song like that's the narrative is that she was just kind of okay with it and then also was like by the way i like fucking like that's like (laughs) i think yeah there was a lot people were a lot more ignorant about a lot of that stuff i think that's why a lot of the people who may have partaken in transphobic humor uh and media in the past um don't necessarily align with those views anymore you know i'd say more often than not people are kind of embarrassed looking yeah. back on it embarrassed by their ignorance which i think is encouraging when we get requests for uh 90s rap albums it's always kind of a crapshoot it's like a minefield of all right we're gonna get any slurs in this one Let's see. And there oh, almost yeah. always are at least one song that has a slur dropped in it. And it's like, ah, we were doing so good. I think as long as you contextualize it, you know, to yourself, it's like, you know, yeah, it's not great. But it's also like they're not, out. you know, there's a difference between someone using it for like a rhyme scheme in the early 90s because like people were whack with rhyme schemes and like uh, that was just like a common like thing to call someone you disliked, you know? Yeah. Um, like that versus someone who would there and there are songs where they're actually homophobic you know there's like a difference between using homophobic language and being homophobic you know what i'm saying and i think uh and obviously it's a full spectrum of things but i'd say there's at least two those are at least two different versions of like what may seem like uh just like oh trans that these people are transphobes but you can still differentiate the two you know what i'm saying it's more likely that the person who was using it not to be transphobic or uh, not to be homophobic uh people who use that kind of fucked up language back in the day (coughs) excuse me they're more likely than not 
to have a capacity for reform. Whereas mm-hmm. people who were openly homophobic or transphobic on on the issues of homosexuality um, and trans rights, then I think it's it's a whole different thing. If they have strong opinions on that in the first place, then they're probably pretty brainwashed already, and it's a lot it's a lot more difficult for those kinds of people to change because their circumstances have already made them homophobic and transphobic and it's very unlikely that they're going to leave an environment that like fosters that in the first place you know what i'm saying they would need they would need to like have a huge transformation in their lives just talking about like being pragmatic about like converting people from being ignorant about issues to being more open-minded you know what i mean like there's a difference between someone kind of being ignorant and someone being deeply brainwashed yeah like uh i think a good example of of like the latter is like i I love lil boosie coming up and like lil boosie's like such a like like violently transphobic and like homophobic person now and it's kind of like like i think one of the things that happens with people who are just kind of especially people who have like already made their money in like that it's like they are put in positions where they're challenged on like their older content and like you got certain types of people who will be like learn and grow from that and then you have certain types of people who are just like okay no i'm gonna like uh i'm gonna be stubborn in this situation and double down and and like i i i don't know i think that having a big platform like that especially like him where he was like on uh like instagram lives and he was like known for having wild ass instagram lives and people would always go and like watch and then he would just like spew a lot of like super hateful shit it's insecurities bro it all le- it's, sure. it all comes from insecurities it's like you said like not even being able to go back on an idea you used to hold and instead doubling down that's like that comes from pride, not to sound like a Christian, right? But that comes from pride, and pride comes from being insecure, yeah, wanting to prove something, you know? So, yeah, it's definitely very disappointing when, like, there's people you, you're like, oh, this is cool, I like their music, or I like this person, and then, like, you know, unfortunately, they go down a path that you, you're like, oh, man, like... <laughs> it's weird, too, because, like, I always just assumed, like, Lil Boosie was cool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I really liked his music, like, not just, like, the popular stuff, but I remember that whole thing, like, that whole album that had Zoom on it. Like, uh, I don't remember the name of it now off the top of my head. But I remember being, like, like, before I ever heard him say anything on any issue ever, I was just like, no, this dude's, like, the fucking man. Yeah. You know? Like, he's, like, yeah. a hero in this album. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's why it kind of, like, emboldens a lot of people who are kind of backwards or have, like, really, like, uh, hateful views or just like well, views of like misunderstanding. Sometimes people don't even have really strong opinions, but if they they look to people that they fuck with who have strong opinions, yeah. oftentimes they kind of feed off of that. You know, For again, sure. this is why I say people are like victims of their environments and circumstances. You know, like ch- a child isn't born homophobic. You know, right. it's like that shit is taught. So, yeah, like it's you know, it's tough to unteach. But- you actually reminded me of something when when you had mentioned heroes and stuff like that. That um, for me growing up, Weird Al was like a favorite of mine. I fucking loved his shit. And a mutual of mine on Twitter a couple days ago or yesterday quoted a song of his, and I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, that's right." And I went and looked it up, and I'd forgot that he drops a slur in it, which which is wild to think. It's like Weird Al saying a slur. 
What's that? What year? I'm just curious. Not that it justifies it, but uh, I'm curious. The song came out, and I think it was 99 or 2000. Okay. What, it, it was was on it the a racial album. slur or a homophobic slur? or? I, I guess it would be a transphobic slur. Okay. I guess at the time, it wasn't seen that way, or it wasn't commonly known oh, okay. as being yeah, a slur. Yeah. So he didn't know about it. Yeah. So I was curious, and I was like, that's kind of a song he's like... It's kind of one of those like cult classic songs of his, so I know if he's still performing, like he's gonna perform it. So I was like, I wonder if he still says it. No, I'm sure he's. Song I'm not. sure he censors himself. He gets to the point of the song, he says it, then he goes. It's a big just happens to have both male and female reproductive organs, as well as a flock, so you hair and one monster. So anyway... Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. I, I no, feel like... Good. It's on brand for him, too. I have had songs, you know, over... way over a decade ago, where I have used homophobic slurs in my lyrics, mm. and... Uh, in particular, you know, when you're you're dissing people, looking back on it, it's like, damn, so many other words could have rhymed, but my <laughs> my skill set was so limited. I kept like, uh, you know, not kept. I, I actually didn't use it that many times, but there's been a few times where I definitely used it earlier in my career. Um, I mean, I was a kid, but I look back on it, and you know, I know that I never felt like I was using it. I never used it against like. Um, someone whom I suspected was gay or queer, you know? It was always like, oh, me versus another, uh, you know, cis hetero fella. And we're like breaking each other down. Just like I think in time, terms like pussy uh, will also become vastly outdated. Like, uh, and and shit like that. You know, there's a lot of... uh, like any like bitch is another one that's really tough that one's really difficult to root out of my lexicon because it's like it just sounds good you know like when you like when you when you hit yourself and you're like oh it really just hits like nothing else you know yeah. it's got some sting to it it's got some sting it's also to just it. like like sonically like a very like hard hitting word and it's a nice filler word for some time for some flows and things like that. There's a lot of reasons why, as just like rappers in general, like that word is like ooh ah, like interesting to us because to us it's like a, um, it's like a, a, a color of paint that we can use, you know. Right. But we don't have to use that one. And but I wouldn't go around. I don't police others. And when others use, uh, like say bitch, hoe, slut, shit like that. These days, it doesn't make me cringe too hard. I mean, sometimes it makes me cringe. It depends on the context. I think the context really matters. The line really matters. Because, like, for me, it's like I... Because we had the conversation about it, and then, like, I stopped like there was a few songs where i would say bitch like but it was stuff that i'd released like before the conversation Same, i haven't used it in three years and yeah. and so i was like i'm gonna stop doing it at least when i'm rapping because it's like that's where people are actually listening you know what i mean right. but uh 
like for me it was like really hard because like there was a lot of like i have like a lot of like life's a bitch references like i would say that a lot but i do think that the for me it's like sometimes i don't know sometimes it's like i'll hear like a rapper like refer to a woman in a bit as a bitch in a song and whereas before it really wouldn't bother me or i might think it was like oh this is, he's being out of pocket a little bit or whatever and now i'm just kind of more like ah. yeah 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 yeah. you know i feel like i feel like that's a uh uh sometimes and i understand everyone has like their own um the people around them sometimes have their own like uh what's the word boundaries and stuff like that but to me it just feels a little a little fucked up but it's i'm not gonna yeah like, i'm not gonna police people i'm just gonna i'm gonna live the way i want the world to be you know i'm gonna lead by example or i'm gonna uh practice what i preach but i don't expect everyone else to do it and also i feel like it's not as culturally relevant for instance but like homophobic slurs it is more culturally uh, culturally relevant currently at least right our understanding of like hey it was really normalized at one point to say things are gay or use like the f slurs but like it's very insensitive and people who are already on the back foot were basically oftentimes on the receiving end of these jokes and punching down is never cool. And I think people will eventually realize that with words like bitch, hoe, etc. Right. Yeah. But I guess what the point I was making is like, I give myself leeway, not that it's up to me, but I give the child me that was using the homophobic slurs a little bit of leeway because I know the context. I know that it was never coming from an awful place. It was literally everyone was using that word around me and we are creatures uh we're we're pack animals we assimilate right and when you're younger oftentimes you assimilate without fully questioning things sometimes you just kind of mirror people i don't even think it's like even when you're younger i mean i think nowadays like there's like especially with like visibility on the internet and stuff and like these conversations are being happen are happening and like you're seeing these conversations whereas like when you're younger you don't question that like you know like i had like a, a like a gay friend growing up and like it it never felt like um well i wasn't like using slurs around him or anything like that but it always felt like they just kind of like rolled with with whatever people were saying and they never like took it personally so i always just like assumed like oh like people are just like sensitive or like looking for it like when i was way younger i used to think like that and never thinking about the fact that like oh it's like kind of like bullying someone indirectly even if you're not talking about them like just in this situation because schools don't teach you like anything outside of like not only the gender binary but also like the traditional at least when we were kids the traditional male female relationship right you get taught sex at school right but gay sex wasn't taught at school right why not though you know like what what's why what wasn't gay sex taught and it was like 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 everything was like an outlier right because like i mean i think for a lot of people like sex education was just like oh like don't get someone pregnant you know what i mean and like and then they were like well gay people can't can't get pregnant so let's let's just skip over that i think that's a huge problem because first of all like i hate this like breeder mentality of approaching biology right and when when in reality like sex is not just for breeding you know sex is for having a good time and we're not the only animal that does have a good time so it's 
and that is studied and we this is mentioned these things are covered but never from like a non you know like cis uh hetero perspective and i think honestly it's things like that that accumulate that in the long term do a lot of damage and like made things like normalizing homophobic language in the first place so easy because had you placed yourself in the shoes of people who are gay earlier on in your life you'd probably be more sympathetic than to like refer to anyone by homophobic slurs for sure but if it's not present in your life if you're a heteronormative person who's growing up with like no homosexual representation around you and homosexuality is not covered at school then it becomes like this foreign alien other thing and you're not like you're it's it's a lack of exercising sympathy towards people who are not like you. Empathy and sympathy are things that you need to develop like a muscle, you know, and you need to train it. And I think it's and I think exposure is honestly the, the best way to approach it. Um, you know, this is why I think like usually uh, cultural melting pots tend to be the least racist places right because of the exposure to each other oh yeah for sure you know and you you sort of see the things you have in common um and i think at school obviously there's only a a certain level of degree that you can control in terms of exposure but at the very least you could do is cover a broader um spectrum of of gender expression a as a set one issue and uh sex in general all of sex uh, as sexual intercourse as another issue you know do not just skim gender entirely i think gender doesn't didn't get addressed at all for me at school like the idea of gender as an expression right um not at all no it was just an identifier kind of like a just like tick a or b type shit and then sex was just like the heteronormative stuff and so when you start using homosexual slurs yeah you you realize that like it takes you a while to realize that it's like so when people come to you they're like hey don't use that word you're like come on why are you being so sensitive i know i'm not being homophobic and yet the kids who were growing up with friends who were gay we're like way more often likely than not to stop using homophobic slurs way earlier on. All the kids I knew who stopped using homophobic slurs, all the like young adults I knew, grew up knowing someone who was gay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, and because I didn't, it took me so, or at least definitely did, everyone does, but closeted, right? So I didn't get real exposure. So I never really had to think about those things until like, I sat down and made myself think about these things, but but even that's a privilege. Something triggered uh, that realization in my life that made me go and dig and go down that rabbit hole and figure things out for myself. Even that I look at as like, that was a privilege. I was lucky that I was in that position. Not everyone gets to be in that position. And I guess because I approach things like that, I'm a lot more patient with people who are ignorant and I don't, and I like to differentiate them because I think it's unfair to throw everyone as like either a good guy or a bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't want, if I want these people to understand that gender is not a binary, I can't look at them in such a binary like way as myself. An other, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, feel like, I can't well, make them into an other. I do think that it's kind of a complicated situation. I'm not saying that I know the answers to things, right? But like, I do feel like having this kind of like opposition look at people who are just like maybe just misguided uh doesn't really get like they're just going to double down harder and i guess that's not like our responsibility to like fix that you know what i'm saying but i do think that like being patient with people and trying your best to 
empathize with them in the same way that you hope that they empathize with others is a step in the right direction of like a positive change. You know what I mean? I think also it's like what can you do you kind of have to remind yourself like okay you can lead by example within your own personal life remove the the slurs um you know lead by example talk that talk walk that walk um and of course talk to your family talk to your friends try to like you know if you can uh like ignorance can be cured you know mm-hmm. it can be tended to and I don't expect everyone to, who, who, who is quote-unquote woke to go and fix everyone. Like, I don't think that's... But I feel like if, if you think you can and you have the capacity to do so and you want to, do it. You know, like I do it. I do it all the time. I, I talk about all sort manner of things. I like talking about heavy topics. I love talking politics. I love talking gender expression. And I also... Don't shy away from admitting that, like, I was a flawed person. No, 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 that I feel like even that's not right. I was a person, an ignorant person who has had holes in their understanding of the world. Mm. And because of that lack of perspective on a lot of things, I like behaved or said things in a way that were misinformed. And I look back on that as, you know, kind of like. Kind of like if you see a photo of yourself and like your balls are like peeking out of the shorts, you're like, uh, that's unfortunate. I hate it when that happens. That's unfortunate, but there, uh, but hey, that picture's done. It's taken. You know, I can't change that picture now. So I, I think, um, but also like I again, I don't ex- expect others to do the same. Although I say like try, I try, I try to be patient. I don't expect everyone to be patient. Especially imagine if you are someone who's been bullied and on the receiving end about a particular issue incessantly um and you have like maybe a lot of other mental health issues around that and like abandoned issues and uh, rejection issues all these things these are obstacles that are going to prevent people from like necessarily being uh, open to the idea of being charitable with yeah. people who have often heard them or the archetype sure. of person who is like consistently historically I mean I don't even them. think that like even taking out the like 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 uh like like any kind of like mental hangups around the thing I I think that it's a normal reaction to like see patterns in people and the, like things that have hurt you and yeah. stuff like that like I think that That's it's PTSD I think Well for sure I mean like especially like anytime like especially growing up in a time like the 90s early 2000s where it was just like almost like everything was kind of against you um i feel like it's normal to just immediately be like okay fuck these people totally you know what yeah. i mean like when like uh but they're they, victims you know like at the end of the day these like even the people who are ignorant most of the time they're victims and fellow peasants you know it's like that's why I can distinguish someone who's like an old kind of racist dude living in bumfuck nowhere versus someone who's like a grifter like a Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro the difference there is like one is ignorant and the other is like a calculated deliberate yeah yeah a thing to keep keep people hate tweeting about keep you people or, apart and, and, and also yeah. like you know the politicians and the government like the government is supposed to protect us as a people that's all of us that includes people who are not heteronormative cis people um 
and yet it fails to do so. We pay them the money, we do everything we can, and yet they fail to do that. that. So there's a lot of systems that are failing us, but at the very least, I hope over time that um, we learn to see that we're not each other's enemies. It's like the, the, the corrosive and toxic systems in place, and it's also just fucked up how not only are these systems corrosive, but these people come in, these grifters come in and try to misdirect us and like make us fight each other over and over and over again. You know, when the reality is that idiot who who thinks all trans people are the reason their life's falling apart, like he's so, that person's misled, but also his life is falling apart. And like all the people he's watching are telling him it's because like, uh, you know, oh man, they're making all, all this trans shit. Oh, they're pushing that onto our kids. And that's the reason everything's falling apart. And that's like, everyone needs a scapegoat. Everyone needs a reason for why things are going wrong. And so th these grifters are deliberately sliding in and abusing a people's ignorance, you know? And it's always like the weakest people, people in the worst kinds of situations. Of course, you have like your upper middle class white racist too. Um, don't get me wrong, and a lot of liberal racists too. Mm -hmm. But I'm specifically talking about like, you know, uh, the poorest of the poor who seem to be incredibly divided in this country. Like people that feel disenfranchised even if they're uh, like, 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 uh, even if their uh, situation doesn't line up with like what they think a disenfranchised person is. People with like off, like awful material conditions, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I see that a lot in like growing up in like a, a small town in South Carolina. You see like uh, a lot of like poor white people who are like super duper racist and very like, um, uh, like almost like xenophobic in their own town. If that makes any sense. Like, yeah. uh, like outsiders, yeah. New Yorkers are a problem. For sure. Know? I mean, I heard that all the time. It was like, all oh, the fucking Yankees are always, yeah. oh, don't listen to him. He's a fucking Yankee. He's yeah. just going to talk, 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 and, you know, or whatever the thing is. And uh, it's crazy now that, like, I've, like, traveled a bit and seen things and seen, like, the world a bit. And I'm like, like, it's uh, then coming back, you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know. When I was growing up in New Jersey, I had a... I would say a wildly misguided misconception of what people in the South was like. I would general generalize also. So when I moved down here when I was like 12, 13, I didn't get as much pushback from Southerners, but I had a lot of like, you know, that that ingrained what media will tell you about southerners being you know less intelligent or being like they're all racist when it's like i saw plenty of racism growing up in new jersey like there's no way that the south is gonna be like is like not to say that there is not racism in the south but it's not exclusive the prejudice against yankees is essentially y'all think you are better than us and the Yankees are like, we think we're better than you. <laughs> it's like, huh. I don't really analyze it, but it, it is kind of funny. Like, um, 
It's uh, the same thing. Well, I do think too. Like it's there's like Parisians and South of France people. Like it's the exact same relationship. Like, oh yeah, yeah. South for of France sure. people hate Parisians. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, huh. it is the same idea. I think. Um, but uh, there, there is a lot of stuff too that like, uh, like you'll see. I, I, I don't even think like necessarily to say that like that like uh, the, the, that the damn Yankees think they're better than us. But like they'll kind of. I think it's a lot of times like it'll be people will come down and then see that we've been especially like small towns kind of like not changing with the rest of the world you know and then Mm. be like what like not even like political issues or anything like that like it'll be like why is there no bus having the gay friend i'm going back a, a bit but i'm gonna work my way forward um having the gay friend and feeling like it's an indirect kind of pressuring by like not being as supportive in that moment I think was pretty crucial for me not having the the visibility of other queer people so that made it super hard for me because that came out in my own use of regrettable language at a young age not so much in like the age of like YouTube but like way back when and a lot of that was well all of that was internalized homophobia because there weren't queer people on TV to relate to. There weren't queer people around me to relate to. There so, like, what's wrong with of... you then, right? Like, what's yeah. oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah, there's something wrong with me, which means there must be something wrong with them also. So it came out in a kind of like a resentment, but I wasn't really processing that because your brain, you know, you don't, you're not processing that kind of complex thing at that young of an age that, oh, I'm feeling this way. I'm saying these things because I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me because of the social pressures. So when you do meet somebody else, well, I don't want to say when you, but when I met somebody else that could have potentially been gay or something, it was very easy for me to... And I'm going to preface all of this super regrettably. Almost try to focus the attention away from me. And it's like, oh, well, like, so I would join in on gay jokes and stuff like that because it was easier for somebody else to take the brunt of that attention than to possibly have to deal with any of it myself. And... I was reminded of that even like with even when into, into, into like high school when you could see somebody potentially be that lightning rod to kind of take it away from you. I would I would latch on to that opportunity. But what Bill was saying about with even with friends and not talking about it in school, the teachers were doing as much of a harm by not talking about gay relationships because, I mean, first of all, how much like AIDS prevention could we have done if we would have talked about non-traditional um, gay couples and gay sex in schools? But also, how do you normalize know? like people? Like, if you completely just ignore a type of people in your education, like, then what are you supposed to take away? With them. Yeah, it's like, oh, is it like Voldemort? You're not supposed to talk about it, right? Like, yeah. So how how else is that supposed to make you feel? After a while, there was something Rav mentioned that I, I'd lost track of. 
Yeah, we. I sorry. We. I. I talked a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You talked a lot on a podcast. It's kind of fucked up, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. I. You know that's not what podcasts are for. That's true. You gotta sit your ass down and listen. <laughs> <laughs> we all just sit down and listen to the listener thing. Silence. <laughs> what do you think, listener? <laughs> this is a mental dialogue between us and the offgoers. Yeah, yeah. This is a back and forth. I was talking to my friend uh, Lex a year ago about gender and, and things like that. And by the end of the conversation, she said, well, that makes you non-binary. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm non-binary then. Um, and, she's, and she recommended at the time that I tweeted about it. And I remember I had like mixed feelings about it because I didn't want to, I didn't want to make this about me, but she explained it to me. It's like, it's not, that's the point. It's like, there's kids that are, are going to see you say that and they're going to feel more like it'll be easier for them to accept themselves if they're non-binary or if they're queer or if they're like anything but what the norm quote unquote is you know like if they see that someone they think is cool and awesome um is like them it's easier for them to imagine themselves as like thriving as themselves within this life you know because they can see someone else do it and so i was like oh i get it and so i posted it and of course as expected there were like two or three posts that said who cares but over a hundred people like thanking me you know um yeah and they were like that, that was important for anytime when it's like somebody you look up to and then like you can relate further through through any kind of thing like like that you know what i mean that's that's really awesome you know what i mean and like even like down to like i had a conversation one time a fan hit me up and this was years ago and they were like yo you should put your pronouns in your bio and at the time i didn't really like think about it because i was like i'm like he him cis white male kind of i didn't really like feel a need to put that out because I was like, okay, well, yeah, because you know. on a subconscious level, you're like, hey, I'm the default. Why do I need to precise it? Exactly. And then, like, I remember being like, uh, like, I'm not against doing that. I answered the fan. I was just kind of like, I'm not against doing that, but like, why do you want me to do that? Like, why, like, why, like, why specifically are you asking me to do it? And he was just, or they, I don't remember their gender, but they were just like, well, like, it makes it, like, it was like a lot of people look up to you and it makes it less, it normalizes, it normalizes that for everyone even if you don't feel like you you care because like i don't really care about my pronouns like that i don't think about them you know but like to a lot of people that's like a huge part of their identity and like a part you know and it was just kind of like and i never thought about it that way yeah it's a privilege it's another exactly. form of white type of privilege exactly. you know? yeah, and yeah, i yeah. never even sort of grasped that at the time and i remember not like i was in opposition to it but i was just like like scratching my head i was like why would yeah you? no this is you this know? is the same reason why people are like in opposition to like dropping the f slur and other things because they're like i don't get it people like me use it all the time and we know it's not bad and it's like yes but you have to remind yourself you live in a white supremacist patriarchy right so with that there comes context so this is why it's important to not refer revert to defaultism i don't know if that's even a word but you do know what i'm saying like not that mentality? yeah just for thinking sure. like taking that like your position like uh, as privileged for granted i think don't be guilty about it obviously i think that's the problem with a lot of liberal people uh, is that um they, they kind of resort to guilt but it's not productive it's not about being guilt it's about just holding yourself to account 
It also turns it back to, to a you conversation. Yeah, exactly. White guilt is a manifestation of racism in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you thinking that where you feel bad for yourself. Where do I fit in all this? This conversation that doesn't have anything to do with Where do I fit in this? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel real bad about it. So does that excuse me from like, you know, or does that absolve me from this guilt that I feel? Um, but a lot, again, most people who have white guilt in the first place are also just like, they have a lot of loopholes or gaps in their knowledge and understanding. And the only way we're going to be able to fill these holes for each other is by talking, is through communication. I don't mean like podcasts, although I'm sure it serves some benefit. Podcasting will save the world. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean like literally talk to your Uber driver next time, you know, like talk to your waiter, talk to the maybe like one homeless person every once a month or something. I don't know. Like reconnecting with people, I think, is important. That always restores, restores faith in me because in reality like people again people aren't awful not everyone the average person is dumb but not awful and i i love people and i care about people and i'll protect them and i think you got to be the change you want to see so that you hold yourself to account and don't um don't push people who are already in opposition to us further away you know Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's only going to set us back as a people all when I say people, people, you know, the, not like the, like the 1% who own the world and all the means to the world, the actual people, um, us fighting among ourselves when our material conditions overall are waning as time goes on is, um, it's very frustrating, you know? I think it comes down to the internet isn't everything also of like, looking at how being someone who is exploring their gender fairly regularly over the past couple years and i i say this almost as a joke but it's just kind of my way of making light of it i guess as soon as i started to transition was exactly when everything seemed like it started to like all the shit started to hit the fan like before that i didn't really like that's why i decided to transition when i started because like i forget who said it on on tiktok but they were talking about people who transition later in life and they have that feeling of regret of like god all that lost time you know man i could have been myself all this time you only start to transition when you feel the safest and that's exactly what happened with me, I think, because I was talking with people who were supportive and it built up that support system of like, yeah, you know what? I think I can do this. And right at that moment was when all the attention of like every grifter was like, we're going to make them our fucking boogeyman now. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This sucks. Now it's fucking my battle. This is like, it wasn't before. It's like, I cared, obviously, and I was supportive, but it was a different kind of feeling that now all of a sudden it's like, wow, like that fucking the cannons pointed at you kind of feeling. Oh, by the way, scaring the host volume one is dope. Yeah, what I was going to say, listen, <laughs> before we before we transitioned, pardon the pun, to... <laughs> To the uh, to the other um, discussion, there was one other thing I was gonna mention, and this is going way way back, but 
Remember when I mentioned Adult Swim bumpers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the same vein as that, there was um, and. I bring it all back because while we were talking about it, I was like, this is a sick segue because we we're talking about things that scare us and then we're going to be talking about scaring the oh, host. Yeah. This is genius. But... <laughs> <laughs> we fucked it <laughs> up. It slipped away, but it's fine. We could edit this. Bill, when you were talking about going to sleep watching TV, I would usually go to sleep listening to music and I would just put my stuff on shuffle and what's really annoying about cd rips and downloading mp3s or whatever is that bonus tracks just kind of get lumped in with your regular tracks so if there's a last song on an album you really like that song on your mp3 player is going to be 15 minutes long now because it's also going to have that bonus cut yeah so i remember just waking up in the very middle of the night because there was a song at the end of a Tool album that we just had this random bunch of stuff and there was just like a whole bunch of creepy kind of non sequitur stuff. But that's a very big trigger for me is the not knowing what something is. So like, I I guess that kind of might go back to the Gumpy thing of just like not understanding what was going on in that cartoon. But like if... Like, have y'all seen the Max Headroom incident? Yes. What? Oh, you that would love that. That kind of thing. <laughs> What's that? I was, uh, uh, Rab didn't know what it was, and I was like, oh, you would love that. Tell me. Oh, okay, so here's what happened. Um, back in the day, I guess it was easier to pirate television. Yeah. And someone hijacked a, I think it was a PBS, or it was like a local station, I think. And they hijacked during an episode of Doctor Who... And it was just this <gasps> yes, guy. Yes, I saw this on a YouTube video. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it's that, like it's that kind of thing. And it's, and it, it's it, there's no way to explain it. You don't know what the fuck it is. And then it's just gone. That's the kind of shit that creeps me out more than anything. Oh, I so, love that kind of shit, though. It is creepy. See, that's so funny. Yeah. I like creepy like, shit in general. I feel yeah. like so desensitized now. I remember when I was a kid. Y'all remember, um, it was it the Pain Olympics? Oh yeah, oh BME Pain God. Olympics. BME Pain Olympics. I almost said BLM. I was like, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> BLM. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just everyday struggle for yeah, non-white yeah. people, uh, for black people. Yeah, I think honestly, um, that was like I, the first time once I saw something that really stuck with me. Because prior to that, I remember when I was like in 2003, I, I was 11 and a kid at class showed me like uh, Happy Tree Friends. And I remember that kind of sticking with me. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. fuck. You know, like, damn, the way they brutally murdered all these cute animals. Oh. All my friends just saw that was funny. I thought that shit was funny, but I remember some shit, like, kind of being like, dude, when he was gargling on his own fucking eyeball, uh, that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. That stuff right? did disturb me, too. Yeah. And then, like, so the next one was, what was the thing I mentioned before Happy Tree Friends? Oh, Pain Olympics? Pain Olympics. That's the one where I remember for like that. two weeks straight. I remember just going to school on the bus and going back home. And every now and then, it just like in my head, the image of like the cock and balls being like chopped off would like pop up. And I remember being like, damn it, I will never be able to rid my brain of it. It was fake. Oh, that sucks. It yeah, was fake Yeah, it turned out, But I only found out it was fake after it already traumatized me. I found yeah. out it was oh. fake more than 10 years later. Yeah, uh, if it makes you feel but not any, all of it was fake, was it, it? I think uh, the, the all the dick and ball stuff was fake. All the fake, dick and balls was fake. But yeah. uh, but um, 
if it makes you feel any better that like that inspired like a whole thing of people doing that yeah so there's that so the idea of that happening and everything was kind of like wild to me and now i realize i've like i'm kind of dissonant i've seen people die and like nothing really haunts me like right nothing haunts me the same way no more like the things that haunt me are like small mistakes that I've made, like misspoke Ugh. to someone or like a thing that I said 20 years ago that I wish I could yep. go back and like Ugh. explain or like when someone dies in your life and you never got closure on something, you wanted to yeah. like apologize for something. Yeah, that's for way sure. scarier than yeah. a fake dick and balls getting Yeah, that shit st- sticks. Yeah. Yeah, I sure. think the gore stuff, I, I don't know, like all my friends used to go on like nothing toxic back in the day mm. and we would, you know, would see people, I mean like kind of like live leak type stuff when we were in high school oh, yeah. of people dying and stuff and it was like we would look it up in the fucking school classroom yeah, like, yeah oh, people and, were doing that at school my school too yeah and I it was like and like don't get me wrong like i didn't i didn't like it but like it was kind of like this like you know like you watching look a, away yeah exactly it was like watching a, a train or a car accident or something you know it's like oh my god like what's gonna happen next you know um you know it's gonna hurt you to watch you know it's better not to watch but you can't help but it's like watch. weird because like i was my mom was like super duper like hey like don't play mortal Kombat. You know, mm. when I was a oh, kid, wow. like she was like super duper, like that'll desensitize you, which is like kind of bullshit now looking back at it because it was so cartoony and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like I was playing it since I was like two or three. And the first words I spoke in English were finish him. Just, <laughs> dead nuts. ass. Dead ass. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, but but oh, shit. I think the one thing is, is like none of that actually desensitized me or any kind of way because it was like the separate no. thing. But I do think seeing fucked up shit happen on the Internet did desensitize me for a sure lot. yes yeah, i'm here yeah. after like uh the pain olympic stuff like uh, my threshold changed in terms of what like i could stomach for sure for sure yeah it wow. pushed it pushed the bar way up which sucks <laughs> yeah yeah it does suck it does suck i get the thousand yard stare now yeah, oh, yeah yeah <laughs> so scaring the hose Scare oh, sorry <laughs> you're gonna say something I was i, I was i was gonna prolong no, 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 it no. even longer no keep going um, i'm with it i'm i'm here for you <laughs> so, it, it, I probably would have forgot about it if you didn't mention Happy Tree Friends, but there were two Flash things, and actually, I was going to mention this back when we were talking about fucking... New Grounds? Uh, salad Fingers, salad which fingers, also, yeah. it, it was weird. It creeped me out, but I still enjoyed it, Same. and like, I, had to, I had to watch more of it. Yeah, it was um, cozy. Was um, Homestar Runner was a big one for me. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh man, that's. Oh, I was expecting <laughs> either, either no reaction or, like an over the top. So like a, yeah, it's like wow, I can't relate to that. I was obsessed with that shit. But no, the I, other I, thing, I wasn't obsessed with it. But I remember uh, I got like an iPod video back in the day, and oh, yeah. uh, that was one of the things that you could just download for free on the iPod or the iTunes store was like. Yeah. those videos and so i would download really them. yeah you yeah. could download um like i had the one with like trogdor on it okay yeah yeah i so had, like, I had the metal gear awesome that was oh one of the, yeah that was one of the three animations you could wow. download off of new grounds onto uh-huh. your psb back in the day yep yeah <laughs> that is nuts my friend had a metal gear awesome shirt isn't it crazy i used to watch oh, metal shit. gear awesome over and over on my psp Damn, that's that's it's so weird how like nowadays like I I'm watching like a TikTok or YouTube short whilst doing something playing a video game at the same time while it's, yeah. it's just like it's crazy. Back then I would just rewatch this thing over and over again. Well, there was a sense of and like now um, buds were there, and that's crazy too. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, but like the 
Um, another one of those that was like that was uh, that video that he did, the Dragon Ball Z in a nutshell. Yeah, the yeah. Napster days. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was him. That was um, one of the earliest like things to go viral on the internet. And yeah. He was 14. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy to but, think. But um, I think because of the lack of... It's like you like connected because like you didn't have options. Yeah. And it's like you download something and then you would just watch it over and over again and all your friends would like quote it, be like, yo, watch that video yeah. again. Let's watch that again. You know what I mean? All the time because it was just like what you... And it's funny because like... I don't know, maybe it was because I was a kid, but I just remember, like, enjoying life so much more than... Because you were a kid, yeah. <laughs> Probably. It's definitely through that that lens of being a kid. Because the reality is, this is the one thing I, I, I do want to say, especially to our fans, because we have a lot of fans who um, love it when we cover nostalgic topics, right? Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is something we like to take trips down into, but... Uh, nothing's perfect now obviously but it never was life's always been miserable and um and it still is so there's that just wanted to say that that's good it's a good takeaway <laughs> but i mean and that sounds really negative but i hope it, it, it cultivates um i i want for change you know it cultivates yeah. like I need to break the cycle. The reality is life has been awful. It's been better for some than others, but it's for the most part, for most people, life is suffering and has been historically always, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's all, I guess. But I don't even know how we got on that. I guess I just wanted to make sure I clarified the nostalgia is great, but things were never perfect. Well, I'm going to throw one more imperfect bit of nostalgia your way before we possibly talk about this album for maybe a whole five minutes i don't know <laughs> we'll see oh, yeah. up to you um, whatever you want another thing i was very big into in high school regrettably and i don't know if either of y'all remember this was fool me the squirrel and ill will press no i don't know that one no i don't okay so essentially and i don't know if either of y'all were i don't i i guess y'all wouldn't have been um know of what I was doing before reviews, but I was basically just doing rant videos on YouTube, which is not good, and none of them aged well, and that's why none of them are online anymore. <laughs> but um, basically what Foamy was, was he was this cartoon, this flesh squirrel, who would pop up with angry eyebrows, and he would just rant for like three, four minutes about some random topic about society or whatever. Hell yeah. And it's, all of it is just like boomer takes but presented to like angsty teens perfect yeah so naturally i fucking related to this shit because i was a fucking angsty teen and thought i was better than everybody for whatever reason and i randomly went back and i was like no way are they still doing things like i was watching these fucking things in high school and i graduated in 05 so there's no way that they're still doing this shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not only that. Not only was there a brand new Flash cartoon. Well, I guess YouTube now. Of the same squirrel posted within the week. Oof. Ta- talking about like de- depression being something you could just work through. Oh, no. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> Bless you. It was. I watched the whole fucking thing just so I could get a grasp of like, okay, where is this going? Is this gonna turn around? 
It didn't really. It yeah. wasn't good. I mean, but I I want to uh, I don't want to cut in too much, but I just was. Did you expect Foamy the Squirrel to have like a <laughs> like a, a, a redemption arc? Yeah, like a <laughs> any kind of character progression. You know, do people watch it? Like, does does it get views? Not like it did. No, yeah. it only it maybe had like a couple thousand. I'm googling Foamy the Squirrel just to see what it looks like. Hold on. Yeah, yeah I think you need to see Foamy. Yeah, you need to see what Foamy the Squirrel looks like. Let's see here. Oh, I remember this. I never watched these videos, but I've seen. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, I've seen this. This is like very. Oh, this is like a certain. A certain brand of like internet edgy nerd thing it definitely was that try hard edgelord culture for sure for sure for sure i'm seeing a lot of the girl here is scantily clad and a lot of the uh uh google images to whoever the girl is yeah jermaine we actually jermaine. talked about jermaine on a recent video we had filmed for the youtube channel of just how she was always the butt of the jokes because Foamy at his core was also kind of misogynistic, go figure. And after a while, they just, as a joke, what, like fed into fan service. And they're like, we're going to give Jermaine big tits and make a joke about it. But we're totally just doing it for fan service. And it's oh, not sure. a joke. No, for sure. Like uh, the, the, the person, yeah, the, the first image, she's got massive milkers on her. So, but for the first year or two, they were not present. So, well, I'm glad that, that they. This is Foamy the Squirrel. Have you seen this before? No, I'm sorry, I had to step out. I'm having like a little allergic reaction. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wanted to blow good? my nose. Yeah, I'm good. Allergic to squirrels. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Oh damn, I've seen that, but I've never watched it. Yeah, I've never watched it God. either. It looks cool. I was the only one who was. <laughs> who was drawn to the siren song of this edgy squirrel. If the angry squirrel isn't enough for you, we also got the the emo boy character who's most definitely played by a middle-aged man complaining about things, so that's also pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Something for everybody. Yeah, for Which the whole family. Which could possibly be said about scaring the host. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's Something for everybody. What yeah. what a transition you just did. That hey, is great. Look, Masterful the segue. scaring us thing fell through. I needed a fallback <laughs> segue. You did good. You saved it. <laughs> yeah, hey, you saved that's it. what I'm here for. It's scaring the hose. It's JPEG Mafia. You think you know him. And Danny Brown. Daniel. I don't have a play on Stuck. words for him. Stuck. Yeah, that's, that's our... That's his little ad lib. Sorry, That's, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, with the other combos that we kind of saw coming, or were always like, "Oh shit, what if?" Like I remember for a while there, once um, RC and I discovered uh, Zarface, we were like, "Yo, if we got the Zarface MF Doom album," and then we finally did, and it wasn't as good as we thought it was gonna be, but. Or like when we saw the the uh, ghost face and weren't you on that face. album by the way? We were. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. But out of all of those, like I know there's some other ones that they talk about, like oh, you know, we're never gonna get this mashup between these two people. I never expected a JPEG Danny album, but once I heard it was coming, 
was immediately like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. And I couldn't fucking wait for it. Yeah, I was never surprised because of, like, the Bruiser Brigade connection and just, like, I because I keep abreast of a lot of the stuff that, that happens within that level of underground hip-hop, you know, where Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia find themselves. So I think that's why I kind of expected it, especially because they're aligned. I will say, like, it makes sense for me, but I thought it was going to be one of those things, like, like, oh... Uh, like yeah, we're gonna fucking we're gonna do this album, and then it's like never gonna come out. Oh, you were you thought it was gonna be one of those things? I, I didn't yeah. because Peggy's so prolific, and I knew he was gonna handle the production, so he was gonna make it work. Um, but to me, yeah, it made sense. They're both like the two four chan rappers. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. bound to happen. And I guess after like I don't know how y'all felt, um, but I personally was a little I don't want to say let down. I'm just gonna say. The last couple of Peggy projects, or not actually the last one, not so much. But the um, what was the one? All my friends. All my heroes are no. All my heroes are cornballs. Yeah, that one. I was like, it didn't hit me as hard Damn. because it's not what I was expecting. Both of the last two projects were like tens for me personally. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I hold them. I, maybe okay. Now maybe tens is pushing it, but at least nines because they're they're. I love those la- albums, and they're all different too. I like that. The oh, my all oh, my heroes are cornballs is a lot less heavy than his other mm-hmm. stuff. It's more ethereal and like R and B. Yeah, I, like I, I think that um for whatever reason like I don't return to cornballs as much. Uh, I like it a lot. But uh, like LP, I really liked. Like LP I was I like, a lot too. I was like super yeah. duper into. And not that I dislike cornballs. Like it was just kind of like one of those things that just didn't resonate with me the same. Oh, I, see. I like, returned to that one the most out of all Peggy albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, but um, I uh, I really liked LP a lot. And then uh, I actually like this one like the most out of anything. That, yeah, this like, one's awesome. That like possibly Danny's ever done, and also possibly that JPEG's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, would... I felt like the, the, this was the callback of what I really liked about like veteran that I was kind of wanting since then. But yeah, like I, I I'll, I'll parrot what Bill was saying that it didn't exactly resonate with me. Uh, Cornballs didn't, um, but I liked LP way more than that. But this was like especially with the production was the main thing of just like I know I say this on the podcast a lot, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to either of them. But they could have been saying every anything on this album, and it still would have been fucking fire because of the production is so yeah, fucking yeah, for sure. Intense. I mean, I, I feel like there was a lot of points where both of them were rapping their asses off. That's impressive. Yeah, like but, the fact they didn't have to, and yet there's so, so many fun. I honestly ones. think if that was an instrument, if you if if Peggy dropped this just as an instrumental album, this would have probably been my favorite album this past year. Just just from a sonic standpoint, and like. I was talking about rap about this earlier when we were sitting through and listening to it again. Um, so, like, with me, there's t- two forms of listening to music. And like, one form is, like, uh, analytical from a standpoint of, like, how did they do this? Like, um, oh, this is cool. There's, like, a technical form to this or, like, whatever. Then there's, like, another one that's, like, more of a knee-jerk, like, oh, this makes me feel a thing. And mm-hmm. I notice like a lot of times I'll enjoy something in an analytical way but, like, won't enjoy it in the same way of, like, this like oh this is making me feel good you know for sure um yeah and there's like a lot of stuff that's like very good music that is like that for me and uh with this album i feel like both sides of my brain are being tickled in the right way <laughs> yeah you know for sure yeah 
So I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, and yeah I agree with the analytical stuff especially like and the, look lyrics are good there's a lot of like great lyrics it's not like I, I'm not sitting there and like analyzing these lyrics the same way I would like I don't know a Billy Woods album right but uh, what I do analyze I enjoy the lyrics and I'll come back to them but. It's the, yeah, the production and everything and the mixing choices and the way that they, they, they cut the vocals in and out and all that. Peggy's use of... That's the thing. Peggy's not just like producing these beats. He's mixing all of this shit and his use of negative space is always really good. But on this album, I think he like peaked so far. Like yeah. the negative space is just like... Got like orgasm worthy. Like For it's, sure. It's and just like though. also, like we talked earlier about like... <laughs> like you'll hear... Cause like they're not using, or they using like a Sure SM7B or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and an SB404. Yeah, an SB404 for most of everything. Yeah. And like you can like hear room reverb in there, and it sounds like mm. oh this was recorded in someone's room, like a like a hotel. It's a hotel or, room, yeah. And but the fact that they almost like they they use it in they a utilize that on purpose. Almost. Yeah, yeah, they use it as like a tool almost and a lot of times and the way they compress things and everything, it's like super duper I mean you could tell like a lot of this was like stock four oh four effects and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that like it's crazy that he did that with what was he able was able to freak it the way that he did. Yeah, yeah. that shit's crazy. Like yeah. like uh there's certain beats and certain like mixes where I'm like it I it gives me a headache almost. also the patience to have to make this on the SP 404 I know that he probably like had it plugged to his uh, Ableton probably but yeah but also him doing this whole album on it and then being like I'm never touching this fucking hardware again you know is also <laughs> a cool thing it's just like I, I, I someone who also kind of does that not exactly like that but like from one project to another I sometimes like to switch up either the software or the hardware that I'm using yeah because it puts your it gets your brain working a different way. Like, you look at, like, certain guitarists throughout time, right? And, like, their guitar tone is, like, just as important as what they're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Hendrix was really good, but, like, the way... not It wasn't just what he was playing, but it was, like, how it sounded, right? Yeah. And I look at being like, oh, okay, like, this distortion pedal, this guitar made this sound and you can tell that it came from this and it's cool mm. like and not even knowing what that is you can tell that's like there's a certain secret sauce there that isn't in other stuff that was out at the time right mm. and i love like just on some like music nerd shit like hearing the hardware in some kind of way and, yeah hardware super important yeah and i think that like um there's a lot of aspects in this where it's like actually like an intentional thing that was cut in post or whatever. But like, I think it was like in step a pig. I'm wanting to say there's a part where it's like, it sounds like it's clipping out and it like straight up goes dead on the snare on like the third bar and like one part of it. Right. And like, it straight up, like just cuts out and that little attention to detail. Cause like, I know that's not what the hardware did, but he made it sound like it was yeah. like little <laughs> things like that. are That's so cool to me. Like this, it's, yeah. so much attention to detail in every song and like, brief like a brief aside the reason why even we even care about hardware in the first place i mean there's many different reasons to care about the hardware but i think if you're a hip-hop fan and you are very keen on hip-hop culture and understanding of hip-hop music you eventually get to uh, if hip-hop was like an iceberg you need you get to a point where like 
without technological wherewithal or understanding you will be missing out a huge understanding of culture like there's a reason why certain music sounded the way that it did you know like coming out from the music that was coming out from atlanta sounded like the music that it did because of the fucking keyboards that they those producers inherited from their parents yeah. you know from the kind of music that was being made around that time detroit has its own sounds you know and like and uh um miami had its own hardware that it used it, you know like uh detroit would sometimes use to you know, gear that wasn't geared for hip hop, but more like techno music and mm-hmm. reappropriated. Or like, you know, the, the, the way that uh, turntables were first utilized as well. It wasn't for hip hop. This was not the intended use, you know? Right. It, it's like, yeah, all of that really helps you understand why so much music sounds the way that it does. Why OG trap sounded the way that it did. Why like a lot of Lil John's yeah, like, early two thousand stuff sounded the way that it did. Like it's crazy because like I mean it was all like regional at the time, right? Like it would be like you were saying like in Detroit or whatever. But like Lil John, for example, like Lil John's like one of my favorite producers ever, which is a weird thing to say, but like uh, like literally him just hearing Miami bass music like when he was DJing in Miami coming back up to Atlanta and be like okay let's just do that and slow it down and then that was like crunk hmm. like that's all it was it was just like a TR-808 he had like all those synth sounds that he was using were like Juno sounds and they were straight yeah. up just like nothing like stock completely unprocessed you know yeah. like yeah by Usher is like that like that's all it was yeah. you know what I mean and uh, or Soldier Boy, tell him you know like uh, with FL, yeah. Where it's not only is it FL, it's the stock sounds in FL trial mode because he didn't even <laughs> buy it. He just like downloaded. He even said it like I didn't want to buy that shit, and you couldn't even. You can save files. You could just like you could make a beat and export it. So he just made a beat and exported it, yeah. and like using the stock sounds. I did and that it, shit too. Yeah, and when you hear those stock, when you don't hear the stock sounds, and as just like as a listener, you enjoy the music and you enjoy it for what it is. But as someone who also knows like behind the scenes how it works, it kind of exp- it gives you a better understanding of like oh how he probably got to the point where he made this or yeah. they made that, and that clues you in on like again the cultural understanding of how hip-hop evolves like why production evolved in the way that it did why certain regional sounds evolved the way that they did and um also why things changed over time and a lot of it a lot of it is linked to hardware so if you are a hip-hop fan listening to this and you feel like you know a lot about hip-hop i feel like if you haven't sunken your teeth into like the history of certain types of equipment and shit do yourself a favor. Look into it. It's there's so much stuff out there, and it's really interesting. There, there's actually a YouTube channel. I can't remember the name of it, but if you Google like any like or search in YouTube like any TR eight hundred eight, what had happened was right. There's mm-hmm. a uh, or whatever. There's a channel that explains like and breaks down like not like the cultural significance but like the utilitarian use of like hardware and stuff like that like certain keyboards and then he'll talk about like well this was used in this thing and like oh michael jackson used this keyboard and this is like a lot of the sounds are in this and like when you start going down that rabbit hole and then you like start it really gives you like like dilla's music is really dope but like when you know what Dilla was doing with the MPC, then it's like, oh, that yeah. was crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you really get an appreciation for it. It's a cool rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, for sure. You get a better understanding. It's like uh, appreciating good instrument playing. You were saying Hendrix, right? Like yeah, seeing yeah. someone like Hendrix. If you watch someone who's 
a casual play of guitar and you watch Hendrix, you might appreciate that Hendrix is playing a bit better, but you might not know just how much better better they're playing because you're not acutely like fixated on that or so your understanding of it is way more limited. So, but the more you expand it, the more you start to understand like, oh, that's crazy that he does this and that and holy shit. And like, it, um, it's like another layer to enjoying music. It's, it's, it doesn't super affect this. It doesn't have to f- super affect how you enjoy a song or not. In my experience, sometimes it does, but it's just like another dimension to, to enjoyment of music yeah. is the way I see it. For sure. I think all of that's applicable to this album in a lot of ways like especially the fact that he used a 404 which is like a, a huge part of like several different types of rap music you yeah. know over the years and especially the 404 was is was like you know what was it that that era early 2010s the team supreme type music what was it uh, was oh that like uh, like future beats future and like, beats and stuff yeah. you know like the 404 really came into its own and became like almost like a hardware symbol of a sound and on the west coast yeah for you know? sure and uh but it is very limited it's really cool and it has a lot of things about it but it's very limited so it's cool to see peggy challenge himself and knock this album out so quickly because he just came out with lp wasn't it like last year or something or yeah i think it? it was a year ago yeah, it wasn't too long ago yeah like he's very prolific he's like uh 33 or something i want to say you know and he just keeps surprising me like he's he's an immensely talented person and as is Danny Danny Brown and it's great to see like two quote-unquote older individuals within this young man's game still manage to create something so fresh and different and also still have a lot of like references for like every, like I feel like everyone to appreciate like when you were talking about Step a Pig like uh i love that peggy says you ain't kai one twitch and you banned like <laughs> crazy yeah like <laughs> you know like that's like not, i i like i always like that peggy references a lot of internet kind of stuff and everything yeah. whilst also uh then like spotlighting the issue of like toxic masculinity within a white supremacist mm-hmm. patriarchy like it's it's cool i love how he always tries to emasculate the ones who are most insecure in their masculinity almost, you know? Yeah, for Also, sure. Step a Pig, another compliment about Step a Pig. The first words that Danny Brown comes in on the song with is, are um, uncut, uncut with that cum sock, and that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciated uh, a lot of the, like, you know, kind of unhinged Danny Brown bars. Uh, I feel like he was, like, channeling a lot of, like, um... It reminded me of like, uh, damn, what was that album before Thirty? Um, uh, 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 hybrid, yeah, hybrid. hybrid. Was it, yeah. Wait, before you mean before XXX? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I call it Thirty. Okay, okay. But yeah, that one. He starts off with go, Thirty. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that that one, Triple uh, X. Um, but yeah, uh, hybrid. Um, they did. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that kind of was like the similar. You know, um, you know, uh, he had bars about like, fucking like, oh, your you, the girl's pussy smells like Cool Ranch Doritos and stuff yeah. like that. I oh, think that yeah. might that might actually been thirty. I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> but it, it was around that time. But um, I remember like like him just having bars about like fucking Netflix and chill on a jailbroken Roku is like yeah, so yeah. funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, and the the. 
Uh, he has a lot of like range also in terms of lyrics because there's a lot of funny shit on here. Like when he says he doesn't trust businesses because y'all let Jack Harlow sell your chicken, right? Uh, <laughs> and and but then like on the next song, like on Ho, uh, there's like a line where he says send God a text, but his message turned green. Like that's fucking crazy. Crazy you know? bar, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. Also uh, like um, really appreciate all the wrestling references. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say it eventually. I heard, yeah, a lot yeah. Of I heard a Darby Allen reference. I heard a Tony Khan reference. Hogan. He fucking name yeah. drops the Iron Sheik. R.I.P. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he says uh, something about the uh, oh, uh, the, oh, the camel uh, clutch. Yeah, <laughs> camel yeah. clutch. Yeah. yeah. You know uh, what else? Uh, they sample Brock Lesnar for the party's over, Grandpa. Like the like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. shit! I didn't what, even hear that. Yeah. At the what end of one of the songs. What I can't was remember. the Iron Sheik line? Wasn't he saying like Stretch, stretching, stretching truths? No, stretching your girl. Stretching your girl. Like a Iron like Sheik. Iron yeah, Sheik. he said you stretching truths. I'm stretching your girl out like Iron Sheik. Yeah, R.I.P. the King. R.I.P. the King. Yeah, there was a, Piggy, a Piggy had a lot of good bars on this album too. Yeah, he did. He really. They both rapped. And uh, I feel like he had a lot of good ones. Like uh, you know when he said uh, she let anybody in. She liked the army. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome also the fact that he is a veteran makes that ma- way funnier facts yeah <laughs> and then the album starts off with first off fuck Elon Musk that's great that's an incredible opening line yeah that's all timer and yeah. then on that same song I'm pretty sure this is a, a dig of Drake when he said these dudes texting with kids it don't get no stranger than this oh. yeah for yeah. sure definitely definitely oh. a Drake Drake and on, on that same song he, he got like you know I don't fuck with y'all in words uh, like Papa John or whatever right same thing and with, he says yeah. about Hogan and then he says also about Hogan and also Paula Dean and they, they go through yeah. a bunch of them and it never gets old to me okay I love that all the call all of them out you know just and that's it not even call them out just kind of like a reference remind us refresh our memories on all the people who fucking some did of this. us may have forgotten about the Hulk Hogan N word tape you know? oh no I feel like the Hogan one is one people will more likely remember because there's like that popular meme of Hogan like spray painting NWA uh, not NWO on the thing but it just starts with NWO and it looks like NI do you know the context of the Hulk Hogan thing because it makes it that's even crazier uh, the context of that photo, or are you talking about no, him being racist? No, him being racist. Yeah, I know. Him on the I know all tape. about that. Yeah, well, yeah, I know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was... But I'm just saying, like, no. But the what I'm saying is, the, normie, normies, the average person, the normie, is not going to know that, but they know the image well, of yeah, Hogan writing the N word. And so when you go into yeah. the comments for those tweets, people always bring those facts up. This yeah, is why I said it's But I do want to bring up, like, just him. Okay. My man Hogan had the worst day of all time, okay? Because. <laughs> Like, not only did he, like, get filmed cheating on his wife, was that what it was? But then he's, like, then says, like, a bunch of racist shit right after on the tape. And I'm just like, that's crazy. That is insane. That's the oddest post-not clarity I could ever imagine is, hey, you know what I was thinking about? My daughter and black people. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. been weighing on my mind very heavily. I need to talk about it right now, <laughs> sitting on the side of the bed. I'm not even going to get out of the bed. I'm just going to throw my legs over the side of the bed and just start throwing the N-word around. Yeah, yeah that this is where nuts. his brain went when he panicked, you know? Him and PewDiePie <laughs> are alike, I suppose. But um, what was the... I had one other bar that I... I I forgot there was like another one. There was one I didn't know he was talking about where Peggy said something like, how are you going to be in your over 30 and getting your ass beat where you sleep come on bro like he says that at the end oh. of the song it doesn't even rhyme and I'm like who's he talking about like did someone in their 30s 
I did a rapper in their 30s get their ass beat over the last year that I can't recall. Like, the only people I can think of getting beat are definitely, like, in their earlier 20s. So, maybe I just don't... I wasn't maybe, keeping up enough. Well, I don't know. I know, like, Freddie Gibbs got jumped, but I don't think oh, that was it. Oh, but I don't but think I don't he would think have... Did, no, there's no Especially way not the way it. that he said it. And it wasn't... He didn't get jumped in, like, his he also, city or nothing. He also had this, like... He had shots at his ex on there because he had something where he, like, tweeted about, like, his ex, like, not, like... Like, she she's worked at a... Some kind of, like place and oh yeah he said on the album all my exes turned ops (laughs) yeah but he had a bar about like like he said something about like oh you're 30 you still working at such and such you ain't even shift leader yeah which is like the meanest thing i think i've ever heard (laughs) someone say to someone that's insane yeah no um yeah there there was some crazy ones and i think that um also a lot of the like drum and bass stuff like i mean like uh um i think it was a jack harlow one that has like that break and I wanted oh, to say that yes, speaking so of good. hardware, that shit sounds like some like Amiga shit. Like, remember like people used to like make drum and bass on yeah. like their Amiga systems back in the day? Yeah. That's a another crazy rabbit hole to go down. But like the compression and the time stretching mm. sounds just like it found it sounds like he just grabbed one off of one of those YouTube videos. And the switch up on that too, when it switches to like a piano solo, that yeah. like a quick version. Jazzy piano, shifts, yeah. And he and starts then it goes back into it and then on each fourth there's just like a dissonant chord progression, but I fucking love it. I don't know, it's super dope. Also, just him saying, bitch, I pray for you. I, oh, when he starts singing, I pray for you with autotune, and then when he says, bitch, he says, bitch. <laughs> he just like, bitch. And it, cut, it cuts all the beat drops out for just the moment he says, bitch. <laughs> it's so perfect. It feels almost like, a, like a, you know, in the office where he just kind of looks over the camera kind of moment. Um, uh, or like a Hamlet turning to the audience real quickly, you know, just for a brief moment. Um I love it. I love it. It's a great album. It's fun. Um, from what I understand, they knocked it out pretty quickly. This is not the most like deeply conceptual album, but I don't think anyone was expecting that from Scaring no. the Hose Volume One. You know, like the point I think was to piss people off, like because that's what Peggy does. He's good at pissing the right people off. You know, he's got a lot of um, agitative kind of lyrics that he throws out there. Danny Brown is just funny as all get out as usual and then and and jpeg mafia is an incredible producer and engineer so like like when you see the two of them get together you don't think to yourself dude i want like a life-changing album where they all talk about like their most deepest darkest desires like no this is what i wanted i want them to i wanted them to just rap to talk talk their their shit shit. talk their shit yeah uh over some dope ass beats also speaking of the beats and stuff uh uh, i just want to point out that like it's so crazy that like it really shows like how big of a music nerd Peggy is because like that man sampled like Khalees on one song, oh, yeah. killed that shit, and then on like a song a few songs later they samples like Escaflone, like the old anime from the nineties, and mm. they had Red Veil on that shit, which oh, is Red crazy. Vale that shit. My God, crazy. Yeah, oh. such a such a cool ass. That's one of the coolest beats I've ever heard too. Like it's just a, a lot of like. Like, I know you just listen to a lot of cool music all the time. Yeah, 100%. And also the fact that Redville is so young um, and so talented already. Yeah. Like, both production and and writing and and rapping. Like, the the swing and rhyme scheme on his opening bars on the song. He's like, uh, we got next, so clear the front. Uh, been throwing my elbow in this shit. They on me like Velcro. All I need is a cell phone. I'ma get what I want. I've been out of Melrose for a little. We spare home. Then again in a month. 
try to get the bread home and I'm trying to get the bread home uh, while my brother's to stunt. Like, the way he delivers it is so fucking perfect. It's such a great inner rhyme scheme and outward rhyme scheme that, like, flow, the way that he delivers it, it's got, like, the swing to it. It's It almost feels like he fucking navigates a boat through the fucking beat. That shit was so beautiful and so dope and I, I always get excited when I hear like talented people that are this young yeah. come out of the fray uh, come into the fray because uh, there's just so much potential we're gonna be we're so lucky you know we're gonna be blessed with so much good music uh, if our if there's gonna be more musicians like Red Veil in the future you know? yeah yeah. I'm a huge Red Veil guy I'm, shout I'm out to Red Veil yeah shout out Red Veil the long way <laughs> Yeah. Not being as familiar with the hardware aspect of things, for me, the uh, the, the kind of mark-out moments were more for recognizing the wild uh, beat flips. Like you had mentioned, the, uh, the Kellis um, jungle beat flow for a <laughs> fent- fentanyl tester. Yeah. Just the way that was used was just like, you wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. The, the gospel sample for a God Loves oh, You so goes so oh, fucking yeah. hard. That beat makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah, that beat and is so the, good. Uh, the going back to Brooklyn, uh, the uh, going back to Cali, Run the Jewels. Yo, oh, yeah. I have a theory on this. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. I have a theory on this. Okay, so there is a phenomenal... DJ mix is actually on Spotify called Straight Up Detroit Shit by DJ Assault. Okay, and it's all like ghetto tech, like that kind of stuff. It's really, really, really so good. Dope. It's from 1996, and it sounds like it was made like a year ago. Okay, there's certain aspects that feel a little dated, but uh, but like a lot of the production's crazy. But the reason why I think this is interesting is because the first song on that mix is the going back to Cali. Uh, like the Run the Jewels joint thing, right? Okay. Mm. Um, but the thing that's also interesting is that I'm pretty sure they sampled it from that because like the scratches oh. are the same and everything. And I oh, might be shit. wrong, but the reason why I think that is because I know that Danny Brown is like really into like Detroit electronic stuff from that era. And it's mm. like, because it sounds like some shit he would have been on. Like if Danny rap, if Danny was rapping like the way he is now back in the 90s, he would be on one of those like really nasty like super explicit ghetto tech songs back in the day in Detroit and uh I think like um it, I just thought that was really cool like a cool like easter egg thing that I might be wrong but I'm like 90% sure that's where that came from then there's the other um the other aspect of it that I wasn't really sure what they were coming from but it didn't really matter the uh that really loud clipping guitar solo in uh, Garage Pale Kids. Oh, yeah. And also Garbage, pa- in, uh, Garbage Pale Kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, where where you get your coke from just kind of sounded like a classic rock radio station was trying to break through. Yeah, yeah, like break through the static. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, we were talking about, like, earlier, we were talking about, like, style points in things and like how like there's a point in where you, where you get your coke from where Danny is straight up rapping over the that guitar sample and it sounds like you can't you can barely understand what he's saying because it's so loud <laughs> and uh just like sacrificing the clarity for like that one like final like boom moment 
you know? Uh, and then like letting the sample play out and it's still like super blowed out and stuff is like really cool to me. I'm 100% always in favor of style over clarity. If like you, if if, yeah. if there has to be a compromise between style and clarity, I always go with style, you know? If people really want to learn, see the lyrics, they'll find them, right? But I don't know. Ultimately, the music needs to be really enjoyable. I also like to, like, I listen to music from all over the place. I was talking with Bill today, like, when I listen to someone from Korea or Brazil, I don't really know how dope their lyrics are in terms of the content. But one thing I can judge them on is, like, how dope it sounds, you know, how dope everything comes together for me. So ultimately, like, that's something I prioritize first. Um, style in terms of versus clarity i don't think there needs to be a compromise in terms of style versus content i think you can have both but style and clarity you can't always have both and i'm glad that peggy went with style over um clarity over time and time again there's many moments even on like um <clears throat> fuck i don't remember if it's the second or third joint when he comes in he's like yelling and the beat mm. is playing loud as fuck and it's like it's so chaotic and it sounds all great but you can't make out a word yeah, you know, you could like every now and then you catch a word. You're like, oh, he said gun. Oh, he said uh, <laughs> fuck. You know, or whatever. But like, it's not about that. It's like his energy. It's almost like, oh, like I like how disorienting it is because sometimes it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to achieve a certain type of feeling by having too much clarity, it, it, it takes away from from it can take away from that. You know, there's like a give and take with a lot of these decisions that you make as a producer. And I just feel like Peggy does everything not by the book. Like the choices and decisions he makes are not like what traditionally people would tell you to do or people traditionally do. And yet it still respects the most important rule, which is do it sound dope. And it do. And um, so shout out to Peggy. It's, it's awesome to watch him absolutely like pave his own way yeah. and like be almost entirely in, in his own lane like there's people who i've heard on soundcloud and bandcamp who have like been inspired by his style of production and rapping and that's awesome and i hope i look forward to seeing these people like grow up within their own artistic identities and see where they develop it from but in terms of like that lane he has spearheaded it and he's untouchable currently yeah i feel like i feel like there's like um like no one can do that the way he does it in that that sound whether it's like your favorite it's your cup of tea or not like i think it's just like the like he's got that lane like sewed the fuck up right now and yeah. it's really cool to see especially with him being as prolific as he is peggy will fuck shit up and he, I, I feel like he'll continue to fuck shit up going forward you know i he's like one of those people like lp to me where i'm just like mm -hmm. convinced that like I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. You're going to like produce something that's going to make me feel like surely you're almost out of good ideas by now. Surely. How do you keep, you know, so um, very inspiring. He, he's been, a, Peggy has been a muse of mine for like a few years. One of my muses. So shout out Peggy and shout out Danny Brown. Yeah, no, Danny killed I it. I love Danny Brown. Yeah, it was, I, I was really worried going into this because like a lot of times you hear on like collaborative projects, like people like kind of phone it in. Yeah. And I was worried that, although I think Danny is like a super capable rapper, but like I felt like he was, I was afraid that he was just going to come in and rap and just like that be part of it. Like it just be like, okay, cool. The collab album's here. There you go. But I feel like there were so many moments where he kind of like went above and beyond and yeah. 
really barred it out like it was a mainline project for him. And you when know? he didn't bar it out, he just sounded perfect. You know, because even on things like, uh-oh, watch out. Like, all the vocal inflictions he does in the right parts of the beat switch-ups. He's for always sure. so good. His flow is always just like... Every time he switches up a flow or does like something to his flow, I'm just like, that's... That's perfect. That's exactly what needed to be there. It's yeah. kind of like he, the way he rhymes sometimes is how like my brain goes like, oh, that's that's the part of the brain that needed to be scratched next. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like it's like Orange Juice Jones, like that song. Like yeah. I feel like he wrote, and they both like wrote it in different ways. It was great, but like it's such a like the thing that about Danny that's really cool to me is that he does a lot of like traditional hip hop stuff very very well, yeah. while also like breaking the rules a lot. Yeah. And I think, like, when he is just being, like, a classic, like, oh, like, I'm, like, what your parents think of a rapper. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like that kind of thing, like, on a song like that, you know, it's just, like, perfect. He knows when to ride the beat and stuff, and then he also knows when to go off kilter and do something weird. And uh, it's it really shows, like his chops for all the years that he's been rapping. And maybe that's know? something they have in common, you know, like also is that like the switch ups, not all, they, their music is very, uh, Danny Brown's always like gravitated towards very experimental, experimental music. So has a Peggy, but with this album in particular, it's just like, there's a switch up like every eight bars, you know, uh, at least. Uh, and it's, it makes the music feel shapeless. As someone who produces music, especially, I think a lot of producers who listen to this, who produce in DAWs, will will I will understand what I mean. Like sometimes when you listen to music that's like traditionally formatted, like you have your four bar intro, sixteen bar verse, eight bar hook, sixteen bar verse, eight bar hook, eight bar outro, like you can't help but after a while like listening to when you hear music almost seeing the squares in your head and everything's like Mm. is everything's just like oh here's a block here's a block he just copy pasted it and when i listen to peggy's music it's always shapeless it's like formless it's like water it's just like and yet it doesn't feel chaotic where i'm like so overwhelmed by the end of it none of it feels like oh this is experimental but pretentious experimental he's just like throwing whatever at the wall and we're all pretending it sounds good it's like no it sounds good it shouldn't like so many things by all accounts shouldn't sound good on here but they do they only we feel like they shouldn't sound good because we ain't heard nobody else do it that's Mm. usually like how this is why like you know artists like this are super uh, important and precious and special and I hope he doesn't listen to his fans I don't know what his fans are saying but whatever they say he needs to just listen to his own gut fans don't know what they want fans didn't know they needed this album until they heard it you know <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 then that's always that'll always be the case if if Peggy if you're somehow listening to this like I know you probably don't need to be told this but goddamn just like Stay to the stay on the path you're going down, and uh, if you can help it, please cut down on alcohol or just cut it out of your life because it'd be a shame to lose you as a person in general, but it'd also be a shame to lose you as a fucking musician. Uh, you know, selfishly, I'll say that. Um, so yeah, shout out to Peggy and shout out to Danny Brown. I hope uh, rehab's gone well for him. I hope so too. Um, I hope so too because uh, uh, I I want. Like selfishly, I want more Danny Brown music, but also just from a, on a person level, like it seems yeah. like there was a a lot of things going into this, like based off of like him at the show where he was talking about going to rehab and stuff. It sounded like he wasn't in like the best headspace, like uh, for himself. Yeah, and like I, I listened to his podcast some, and it kind of like there was a lot of stuff that felt like he was 
um, not in the happiest spot and, and not so, dealing with really at the time yeah 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 and i think like uh for for all intents and purposes i'm not trying to sound like i'm preaching at nobody because i'm just a like a, i'm a fan i don't know these people right but i just hope that everybody ends up happy and healthy you know yeah what I, mean? I have some mutual friends and people in my life with danny brown and from everyone that i've met who knows danny brown intimately nothing but good things seems to be like a a great guy so Awesome. It's always awesome to see great guys winning. And I can't wait for scaring the host volume two. And if that never comes, I won't blame them. That's normal for volume once to not be followed up. Uh, I just hope they continue working together because Danny Brown is talented as fuck and he'll always make good music. And Peggy will always make good music no matter who he works with. And seeing people work together is always more exciting to yeah. me. Yeah. So, yeah. 100%. What he said. Ditto, even. And just even as a big bring it back around moment, um, for people who may not have known Danny Brown before that viral clip went around from the podcast, the uh, trans people are my friends, transphobes get these hands. Like, a lot of people probably learned who Danny Brown was because of that clip, which yeah, is that's funny. great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I just like to picture people who had no idea who he was and then listen to this straight from that. <laughs> just yeah. Really- oh, that'd be yeah. funny. You know what? I hope, I don't know, because I haven't, I'm not on that part of TikTok, but I hope Yorl Droog's uh, song, shout out Yorl Droog, that one song where he says, uh, uh, it don't matter what your pronouns are, you are not him. I think that hook is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, super fire. That hook is awesome, and it's like it's a way to normalize a form of language or uh, like normalize yeah. the discussion of gender identity without sounding preachy or like being like a liberal mom. That's like mm-hmm. you know, oh here, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. It's like in this house just, we believe in science. In science and. And Black Lives Matter and this and that. It's like, yeah, like you don't have to necessarily constantly each time, you know, like recite what's on your sticker. So I like that shit, like more seamless um, implementation of things that should be normalized, in my opinion, yeah, in conversations. I think that, that kind of clever, witty way to go about it is the kind of stuff that will catch on with people who don't normally think that way or, you know don't really consider themselves woke in that way but would be like oh no i get that and it's like you know not just reciting the company line so to speak because like that's not going to resonate with anybody because that just furthers the the misconception people have of like all y'all just repeat the same thing and it's like well that's not helping yeah it feels like people are people when they hear shit like that they're like "Uh oh they're reverting to tribalism but when they hear people just flexing and like just saying cool shit and using language in a more natural way, an organic way, it doesn't feel head ass like preachy head ass. You know, it's it feels just like no, you're just listening to music without already like being defensive about shit. Yeah, you know, which I think is that's important. the thing. Is the key is normalizing. I feel like like if your old Droog did an out. I mean, like like did a song where he was like changing how he talked in a song. Yeah, like for that then it would be weird and preachy and strange but just like 
hey, like this is a th- like like these are people that exist and this is normal and d- y'all are being weird. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and maybe like, even on a preacher level, maybe I'll just leave room for potential there. Maybe there's a way to approach that that could work for some people, you know? But yeah, I think ultimately shit that is more seamless, shit that is less judgmental in the way that it is presented, I think will resonate better with people and will have a more positive long-term effect in destigmatizing certain things. Just because even if a person doesn't think about gender stuff after hearing that song, on a subconscious level, there's a part of their brain that knows like, it doesn't matter what your pronouns are. People have different pronouns, and it doesn't like, and it's a choice. And then he's saying you are not him. He's saying you're not, you ain't dope. You know, and he's like, oh, he's using, uh, like, regardless how much thought you put into it, that's like a part of your brain that has been ignited. Next time a conversation of gender comes up or something like that comes up, you might fire off the same synapse from like when you heard that your old Drug song, you know, and like, or or now, it, so now it might seem like less alien to you like you might be more willing also because your old Druk said it if you're old Druk he's like toxic uh, not toxic he's masculine and he's big and he sounds cool right. and he's New York oh and he's thorough and like but he's saying this he's acknowledging like gender identity um pronouns okay so maybe it's not that dumb maybe it's not like as stupid as some of like these crypto bros make it out to be or whatever you know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. It kind of goes back to people who say, like, oh, trans people can't take a joke. It's like, have y'all seen the kind of fucking jokes that dude, trans, the trans comedians... It's the best, dude. Most of... Like, yeah, it's and like, the, yes, and we fucking can. <laughs> it's <laughs> the best. Like, most of... Well, that, that's always been the case. Like, uh, oh, it's what's interesting is, like, a lot of queer culture and black culture... Um, just, like... I wouldn't say a lot. Most culture comes from black and queer culture. Right to the point where we have people like Fuentes and his sympathizers, just neo Nazis, right, and mm. and modern day KKK members who uh, use AAVE mm-hmm. when they talk about certain things, and they don't even fully know it because it's so deeply integrated. Because that's how culture yeah. works, you know. Yeah. It's a melting pot, and it evolves over time. Uh, but it's interesting, right? Like it's. Uh, some of the most transphobic and queer uh, and, and homophobic and racist people will love memes and things that uh, and cultures that originate from very queer spaces or black spaces for you sure know? Yeah. or queer black spaces more often than mm-hmm. not you know what i'm saying which pine has pioneered most of them like i feel like the la- paved the way for like language over the last 20 years uh how it's changed and, and everything you know like so that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, didn't really think about it. <laughs> the people pleaser in me that doesn't want anyone to go away mad. The reason I messaged Bill first is um, because I wasn't sure if you were on tour. Like, oh, I, I appreciate it. I didn't have... even know you messaged Bill first. Now I'm mad. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, but actually, I, I knew Bill's prefer... tour was over. And it's funny. I asked Bill, hey, be on the show because I know you just had the tour. We could talk about the tour. And we didn't talk about oh, the yeah. tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had oh, the whole no. tour. Oh, shit. Well, if this comes out while I'm still on tour, I'm touring the second half uh, of June. 
and on East yeah, Coast and Yeah, it definitely will be out before that. Cool. Awesome. Come see me, y'all. Also, please. I might uh, dip in. Oh, yeah. Bill might be a surprise guest on one or two shows. Yeah, who yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, was it Rav.Store? Rav.Store slash tour. That's right, Rav.Store slash tour. You heard that right. Rav.Store slash tour, where you will be able to purchase your tickets now. VIP tickets available as well. Yes, regular tickets and VIP tickets. Terms of services apply. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, no, for real, seriously, thank you for always having us on. It's it's always a pleasure. Yeah, always. Yeah, happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, and yeah, maybe consider following me. Follow me on social media. Just Google Rav. I'll come up. Yeah, um, uh, me. I just put out an album like a, a month ago, a little over a month ago, something like that. It's a Full Metal Kaiju. Um, uh, you can go listen to that on any streaming service pretty much so that's kind of neat and uh i hope you like that uh album and uh you can follow me on most things at i am kill bill and uh i probably won't follow you back but you could <gasps> you could follow mm. me and i might respond maybe if you say a nice thing to if me you res- if you respond hey. with like really dope fan art or something and if it's really really good bill might follow you yeah for sure yeah that's no promises no promises yeah dope fan art he is kind of the key to my heart but though. he might not be in a good mood if he's in like a his tummy is rumbly he might yeah. not follow you back which is most days actually yeah so it's a crapshoot but yeah you could follow if you want All thank right. you for having us thank for you hey, we love you and appreciate you Kill Bill Rap it's always a pleasure and um and R.I.P. Like, rap Critic it's a shame what happened to him oh, but yeah. thanks for having us like step it's in it's a shame under these circumstances I hate it you know it's bittersweet hey man but... whatever you know things happen right <laughs> you can't yes. you can't mourn forever right hey man you know he would have hated for you to mourn forever he yeah. probably would have wanted you true. to live a happy life instead yeah yeah of course Carry don't mourn on. his death celebrate his life <laughs> yeah. I want people to celebrate a rap critic's life in the comments <laughs> everybody celebrate rap critic's death in the comments <laughs> ah, on his travels I can't <laughs> I would never with a clear conscience be able to live with myself uh, right. oh shit fair okay. enough okay uh, oh, wait wait I'm gonna say it up. wait wait before we're done before we're done we ready alright bye 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 <laughs> I clipped like hell on that that's great that's good <laughs> that's-